We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today wherever you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. Yeah, you heard it there. It's Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Sitting right over there across from me is Chris Peterman. He covers the 49ers. For the Sacramento Bee, that sounded a little bit like I was on like a safari. Like sitting right over there, you'll notice Chris Biederman, who covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. And then if you look <laughs> off to your left, you'll see some fig trees. Uh, I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers for NinersWire.com. And we have our first, second game preview pod of the season. The 49ers set to take on the Jets on Sunday. It's a 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff. Uh, so breakfast and football, one of my favorite things. And the 49ers, Chris, go into a game where um, they should probably win it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're talking, we were talking about this, how, sort of how to approach this podcast. And um, I, just looking at it, like the Jets aren't a very good team when they're healthy. Um, and they're going to be missing Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Denzel Mims, a rookie receiver, who's probably their number one guy. And Jamison Crowder mispracticed today, Thursday, 
with a hamstring injury. And it sounds like he has a, there's a, a real chance that he doesn't play. And so the analysis that you come up with is like, it would just be a total embarrassment if the 49ers don't come out and win this game and win it convincingly. Right. And like, so right. we, you and I like to do, try to like dive in, like, what is there really to take away from this game? What should we be looking for? All of that stuff. And I almost feel like you just have to throw it out the window because I don't know what the, what, what's interesting to say about this game with the exception of like Frank Gore is going to start at running back. And like, we love Frank Gore and Niners fans love Frank Gore, but you know, like is Frank Gore going to be somebody the 49ers really have to like scheme against? Um, I don't know that he is at 37 and that's not like, that's just the reality of it. That's not like a knock on Frank Gore, obviously. Um, it just sort of is what it is. So like looking at this game, my analysis going in is I'm expecting them to bounce back in a similar way they did last year, week two in Cincinnati, when particularly the offense, like I say bounce back because the offense in Tampa Bay last year, week one, didn't play particularly well. Um, and then they practiced in Ohio before playing Cincinnati and Jimmy Garoppolo had a really efficient game after sort of struggling in that Tampa Bay game. Right. I'm sort of expecting something similar. And so I guess the news we can talk about, we can talk about Richard Sherman and Brandon Ayuk and um, those things, all those developments that have happened since we last recorded the pod. Um, but I mean, I just think the 49ers should roll. What do you what do you think? I think the same. I uh, was looking at the, the the so betting lines aren't an exact uh, an exact measure of how a game should go. But typically, a team that's favored heavily should probably win by a lot. The 49ers are favored by seven points. And I'm going to use that as the as the barrier here. If they don't cover, if they win by fewer than seven, you know, they, they get the W. They get one in the win column. But it feels like we're going to walk away from that going, uh-oh. Right? They didn't yeah. blow out a team they should probably blow out. And it'll probably mean some of the problems uh, that plagued them in week one will have carried over into week two. And that's something that we talked about last week or in the, in the, in the pod earlier this week was, you know, it's week one. They have some things to iron out. They should be fine. Um, but if they struggle with the jets at all, whether they win or not, uh, I, I think that we're going to, we're going to walk away kind of, uh, not feeling great about this team's prospects moving forward. Now, if they blow them out, week one looks more like a like a hiccup than a than a trend. Yeah, and I think just week one is full of a lot of like it's it, it sometimes it can be a, a sign of what's to come, and sometimes it's a blip on the radar. I just think generally week one is really fluky, and I think this year is can it could be particularly fluky given that you know, training camp and COVID and no preseason and all that stuff. I just think these are entirely different circumstances. And, uh, and you know, I, I, I do think the contending teams, the teams who know how good they are, and I think the 49ers are in that group, regardless of the conversation surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo this week. Um, I think the 49ers are sort of, they won't, they'll never say this publicly, but like they want to be, they want to start to get rolling, like get rolling in October when the schedule starts to get a little bit more difficult and then really get rolling in November and December down the stretch run so they can be at their best in January. Right. Right. So like there isn't really a whole lot of value. 
like in a in a normal season there isn't a whole lot of value in being like excellent in september i mean obviously you want to win games for the standings and everything like that but like we've talked about it with the seahawks the seahawks generally aren't a team that gets rolling until late october november the patriots the patriots like this is i look at september as an extension of the preseason and in this case really the only version of the preseason that they had right because the preseason was canceled obviously so like i think you know like Kyle Shanahan said it. He he had a really interesting interview on KMBR uh, Thursday afternoon, just talking about sort of the differences between, um, you know, getting blown out and then just like not taking advantages, not taking advantage of your opportunities. Right. And what he said was, you know, the 49ers probably had an opportunity to, to win the game, to, to start blowing out the Cardinals in the first half, but they just, they made too many mistakes. They didn't convert third downs. They were, you know, the offense was moving the ball. They were averaging something like eight yards of play in the first half, but they weren't converting in the red zone. They obviously didn't convert any third downs. Um, and so it was, it, those are the type of things that you would rather have be problematic now than later in the year. So, you know, that's just what I look at when, when evaluating what happened week one, like how, you know, how concerning is it? Not really all that concerning because they're not a healthy team and they're still, they were still able to move the ball for the most part. And I think once they clean up those details, I think they're probably just going to be fine. So is this, would you, I I know it's not a must win game because you can lose in week two and go 14 and two, like that's mathematically possible. So it's not a must win game from that in that respect, but it's a, you got to have this one. You need to win this game. The, the, I, I'm calling this a must win because if you start losing to the Jets, now the problems that were there in week one become magnified greatly. Right. I, I think it's, you know, I'm I'm not a big fan of talking in absolutes really about anything, but like sure. in... That's why you won't call me your best friend, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I I have a lot of best friends. Um, (laughs) And like, I I think it's a must win from the standpoint of, all right, what's Jimmy Garoppolo's confidence like if they lose this game and it's his fault? Right. Like what's, um, what's Kyle Shanahan feeling about Jimmy Garoppolo if the 49ers, if he throws three picks and, Right. One's returned for a touchdown and the other two lead to 10 points or whatever, right? Like, so if he has his Vikings game from 2018, yeah, <laughs> like that, that could be problematic. Like, the how the game goes, I think, is probably more important than the result. Like, yeah, if they play well, they're gonna roll them. Um, if they don't play well and they win, then it's gonna be something like everybody's talking about. Well, geez, they barely beat the Jets. How can how right. concerned right. should we be? Um, so. Yeah, I, I just think the most important thing is playing well. And I and I think if they play well, even though they are injured, um they should be fine. Yeah, it's it's one of those it's one of those things where I feel like the takeaway after this game is gonna be see the Cardinals are pretty good and it was only week one, the Niners are fine. Yeah. And if they the so the Bills I don't know if you've gone back and, and rewatched the Bills Jets game at all. Uh, props to you if you have not because wow i haven't um, i i've gone i've combed through the box score in the, the nfl gsis so if you if you 
um that's a stat program if you um if you go back and watch that game the jets are really bad man like it they lost by 10 it should have been 30 um like i think we have a guest do we who is this Keanu's did you give the link here. to somebody Kiana is here. So we got Kiana Martin, 49ers senior team oh. reporter on the pod. We have an important person here. Yeah, kind of an important person. <laughs> Kiana, what's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? It's going well. It's top. Um, yeah, I can talk open my window. a little bit about window. Monday Night Football. Say it again. I heard us talking a little bit about Monday Night Football. Is that what I jumped in on? You jumped in. Well, we're talking about the Jets and the 49ers. I don't know if you know this. Jets and Niners are playing on Sunday. Oh, wow. Yep. Yeah, so it's it's a preview pod. Um, 10 a.m. Pacific, FYI. <laughs> Set your alarm. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we wanted to have Kiana on at some point. I'm glad she she could jump on with us um, to talk about the team. And, and um, it's kind of weird because, and we're totally shifting gears now that Kiana's here, but um, the Niners should win on Sunday. That's the takeaway. All right. right. The, the, Niners, takeaway. the Niners should win. Kiana, we've been saying basically there isn't a whole lot of analysis really to go into this game because the Jets, one, probably aren't good when they're healthy, and two, they're not very healthy right now. So the 49ers should roll. Um, what is your take uh, on what Sunday's game should look like? Um, well, Going into this game, you know, you see a lot of the fans and everybody just panicking about all of the injuries that the 49ers are having. But my, the thing that I always stand on, I'm saying you got to look around the league. Yes, you might follow the 49ers, but you're missing a little bit of what's going on around the rest of the 31 clubs. And a team in particular are the Jets. They're dealing with a number of injuries as well. They're out um, potentially both of their number one and number two wide receivers, Denzel Mims, um, Jamison Crowder, both out. Uh, you're without Le'Veon Bell. They have injuries to their secondary as well. So uh, both teams are a little bruised up. But on paper, the 49ers should win this game. They have the pieces, and there honestly should be no reason why they do not. Totally agree. Has the um, vibe? I, I guess I guess I can ask this to you guys, but Keanu, I'll start with you. Have you noticed the vibe around the team? Is it different at all this week? Like, are they taking week one as hard as the fans did? Or is it just kind of, uh, that was a hiccup onto week two? What's so crazy is I thought they would have taken it really tough, especially going into the season with so many expectations. But I, from what I have gathered, the guys have already washed their hands and they're already onto the Jets. I know, I believe they understand that they did not attack that game against the Cardinals the way they should have. Mm-hmm. But... I think that's now behind them. Everyone's focus is like, yeah, we need to do this. We need to go back to the drawing board. We're preparing for week two. And that's just the mentality, not necessarily dwelling on that week one loss, but more so looking ahead. So, Kiana, I was trying to figure out the the sort of the best way to approach having you on uh, in terms of like what conversations to have, because you're in a unique position of being a team reporter and you work for the team. And like, um, you know, journalists love to talk about objectivity and sometimes it can be difficult in your position. Um, And I'm wondering if that's a balance that you struggle to strike sometimes, given that, you know, you know where your paycheck comes from um, and you are a team reporter. Like, what is it like knowing that kind of no matter what, you have to be positive, even if there isn't always positive stuff going on? It's honestly a struggle. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, But 
you, you have to find ways to find those hidden gems, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I yeah, was yeah. covering a team when they were four and 12 and when they were six and 10. And it's hard to try to find like, all right, rah, rah, you know, we're hitting the stretch of this and we're fourth in the NFC West. But um, there are those things that you can find. And, and just like when the team was four and 12, you're looking ahead and you're like, all right, there's that number two overall pick. Who do you have? There's Nick Bosa right there for you. So there, you find ways to cover this team. Um, but it, it's definitely a struggle being on the team side, but I, I absolutely love it. Um, I feel like it's great as far as building relationships with the people inside the building. Um, and it's also a great reminder that when you are dealing with whether it's players or executives, you understand that I'm for the team. I'm not against you. My job's not, I'm never here to make you look bad. Um, right, so right. It, it's great when you're building those relationships with the people around the organization. So I was doing some research on your Twitter bio and I, I know you're not <laughs> from the Bay area. Do you feel like that makes your job easier that you like didn't grow up with or around the 49ers or do you think that makes it more difficult? I think it makes it more difficult, but I will say this growing up. My dad was the biggest Jerry Rice fan on earth. Ah, so I knew a pretty hefty amount about the 49ers right, right, prior right, right. to this job. But I will say not being from the Bay area, that that's tough because so many people talk about locations and, and different things. And I'm like, what, what's that? Where's Selena's <laughs> at? I, I'm, I'm not quite sure. So that's a little bit of a struggle just uh, geographically. But as far as covering the team, um, I had a pretty good grasp on this team prior to getting here. So who's, uh, Who's the most fun guy to to be on the team plane with when you get to go travel? <laughs> most fun guy will be, you know what? Who's a really fun guy? Mike McGlinchey. Mike McGlinchey uh, will yeah, play yeah. Uno with you. I respect somebody that will play, take the time out of their travel to play Uno with you. So Mike McGlinchey. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. Those passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Even though sports had a break, your business did not. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. There are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash podcast. This is their best offer available anywhere. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Go right now to Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. 
The wait is finally over. Football is back. Thank goodness. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word, B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, all one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online sports experts. All right, more fun questions with uh, Kiana Martin, uh, the 49ers reporter, 49ers.com. Uh, where is your favorite city to travel to? And I have a follow-up to this. So where's your favorite city to travel to? That's so tough. Okay, all right. You can give me a top three, a Mount Rushmore, a top five. <laughs> it's your world, um, world. Okay, are we talking about as far as just like the game day atmosphere? Are we talking stadiums? We're talking yes. food? Yes. We're talking what... Just everything? Just the, the foot, football aspect, and then I'll have a follow-up that, that covers something else. So I guess what's your favorite stadium? There we go. Favorite stadium. Um, I'm going through all of the stadiums we've been to. My favorite stadium might be, which is kind of crazy, it might be um, Raymond Jones Stadium where the Bucks play. Huh. Wait, why? You need to explain yourself. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Because they have a pretty good spread in the press box, that mm-hmm. is one. All right. Two, there's they do have they do have bananas Foster at halftime. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, also, they have a pretty neat stadium, and so usually on road games, which this year is completely different, but usually on road games, I try to take like just like a quick lap around the stadium, just check it out, see uh, what they have there, and they have like a beach, which it's no water, but they have like a sanded lot area. Kind of similar to when you go to Levi Stadium, you have Faithful Mile. There's tons going on out there. It's a really good time. They have the pirate ship, even though when the little bombs go out, it, it I'm frazzled when that happens. At the stadium <laughs> it, me. it is really loud. Even in, in the indoor press box, it's startling. It, it, it truly is. Um, <laughs> aside from that, but the, the little pirate ship is really cool. So I, I really do enjoy that stadium. Not saying, you know, going to Tampa is my favorite place on earth. But the few times that I have gone there, I've had a really good time um, in that city and going to that stadium. Um, I will say I have a love-hate relationship with the Superdome. Uh, the fan because it's go, go ahead, Chris. It's because it's freezing. Yes, it's very very cold. Which people told me in advance to make sure I bring a jacket when I go there, and I did. But yeah, yeah. the fans were not very pleasant to me. They weren't the nicest people. Um, but I-, I loved that energy, not being an opposing team, but the energy uh, inside of the Superdome, that was incredible. Um, the food yep. there, yep. I loved going going to the different restaurants, trying the food. Not the biggest Bourbon Street fan here, but I'm glad I got <laughs> to experience it. But uh, Superdome, I have a love-hate relationship with. Okay, so you mentioned food. Everything you said there started with like, well, the spread is great, and I like the food at this place. Where's your favorite food city? Food city. Are we talking press box or just in general? Just in general. Like like you're gonna go out to eat somewhere. Where's your where's your spot? Then then that means it's it's probably gonna be New Orleans. Yeah, yeah I would agree I with that. that. Or New York. 
Um, I have not had a game in New York yet, a road trip. I have never been to MetLife. This was supposed to be my first time going, not going on this road trip, but um, I have not been, which I, I I was really looking forward to that, guys. I really was. Yeah, so that's uh, that brings up something else I wanted to talk to you about. So during home games, typically, when there isn't a worldwide pandemic and there are fans in the seats, you are in the press box writing stories. You're the MC for, like, the entire thing, like, talking to... Um, like little known players like Jerry Rice and Joe Montana and whoever else happens to be there um, in front of like 70,000 people. I don't know, have a better way to ask this, but how do you do your job? Like, how do you do all the emceeing stuff, do all that, and then still manage to do all the reporting that you have to do for the website and, and everything else? Um, lots of Red Bull. I'd say coffee, but I don't drink coffee. Lots of Red Bull. Chug them quick. Um, no, it's, <laughs> my game days are insane. My game days are very, very busy. I probably get to the stadium about four hours prior to kickoff. And from the minute I get there, I'm in meetings and prep for in-game. Um, it's so crazy that it's been, well, it hasn't been a year, but like a year since uh, last season when I actually did all of this in front of fans. But uh, prep work and then once ki- – or Prior to the game, I have a show that's live on the field and we send that out to our social channels. And then from there, I'm doing all in game with the fans and um, with our hometown heroes, um, acknowledging some of the great men, military men and women. And then by halftime, I'm running legit running to the press box to write stories and cover the game. So how do I do it? I wish I had an answer. I, I somehow get it done. I might be crazy. That might be the answer. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. That, that's that's what I do. So you also are fortunate enough to observe all of our Zoom calls, um, all of our press conference interview settings type things, I guess. Um, who is your who is your favorite question asker? Like who who makes you laugh in the media? Um, who? Like, well, what's it like from your perspective and uh, and how funny is it to see sort of how that goes? Because it is a really awkward thing, like when all these questions are on Zoom, because a lot of times when we ask questions, we know the answers. We just need to get the players or whoever to say something that we can use for our story. Like, what what's it like for you to sit in there and, and watch us all try to bend over backwards to, to get these answers that we need? And even today, I, I actually text Chris because Javon Kinlaw was speaking and and he may not have. I think people were trying to grab something else out of him, but he wasn't really giving it. He was kind of like, you know, I didn't play up to the par. It's not how I wanted to perform. And I think people may have wanted more, but I was just like, I love Javon Kinlaw. He's great. <laughs> well, it was his. He was asked like how how he handles adversity, and he's somebody who has dealt with a lot of adversity, not necessarily in football, but like just in life. Like he grew up, you know, homeless for a time as as a teenager um, in the Washington D.C. area. He had to go to junior college. He wasn't always this dude who was fast tracked to be a first round NFL draft pick, and he flat out just said like I punch it in the mouth. That's all I do, and it was like Javon Kinlaw. We're learning very quickly is sort of like this master of the the one-liner. Like, he doesn't say a lot, but his what he says says a lot, if that makes sense. Exactly. Um, incredible. I think it's I think it's funny. Like, 
So who's who's somebody on the team that you've gotten to know um, just by being part of the organization that doesn't probably talk in the media a whole lot? Maybe who isn't somebody who's super well known who uh, you think probably should be more well known from a personality standpoint? Um, and who like who are who are some of the good dudes that maybe fans don't don't really know about because they're not always reading about them in stories and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and when you ask that question two come to mind and they're both the 49ers um, vice presidents of player personnel, Martin Mayhew and Adam Peters oh, okay. I had them on our live look in during training camp and just talking about their jobs and, and how it's changed given a pandemic this offseason. Um, how you're evaluating talent this year without, you know, some of the college football conferences actually having a season this year and just learning so much about their jobs, their paths. Um, going off more on Martin Mayhew, he was one of one of a very small group of black GMs in the NFL. And he just gave so much insight and he was so interesting to listen to. And same for Adam Peters. These are guys that are very behind the scenes but I'm, I'm so intrigued with their roles and their jobs and how they get things done, how they evaluate some of this talent, especially not being able to look at preseason film on other teams' rosters. So those are two guys that come to mind when I just think of people who might not be as well-known, but uh, just their impact and, and what they do, their jobs, it's, it's so incredible. Yeah, so it's interesting you bring up uh, Martin Mayhew and and – um, the fact he he is sort of a trailblazer in that respect because you're also a trailblazer. You're the first African American woman to be a senior team reporter in the NFL, um, which feels crazy to say because it feels like it's something that should have happened a, a very long time ago. Um, and I struggle to like come up with a with a good question about this because I don't want it. You know, I feel like so much of this these conversations can be patronizing. And I don't want to ask you, hey, what's it like to be, you know, the first person of color, the first female of color in this situation? But it's also like, I have no idea what that's even like. Like, what is it? What, what is it like to to know that you did break through that barrier? Um, and how difficult was it? And uh, and and just what's it mean to you to to be in the spot? I'm I'm very grateful. Um and it's so crazy. Like I sit back and it's like, I, I'm excited for that to be, you know, one of the first to do it. But then again, I sit back at the same time and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that I'm the first, you right, know, right. I would have, like you said, I would have thought this would have happened so long ago, but it never really hit me until I went to the combine. And, and I say this, I don't say this in a negative way, but I'm so grateful to have a group of, um, female reporters I'm in a group chat and there's about 20 to 25 of us and we're all the female reporters in the league and you know we we chat with each other through you know okay how should I attack this or what con what content are you guys pushing out during a pandemic so we've been very helpful with one another um, navigating a lot of working in our specific roles and being females in our roles but during the combine we all got together for a lunch and I, we took a photo and I posted the photo on my social media account. And there were so many comments like, why are you the only black girl? And I was like, wait, I really am. It like, I knew it, but I think seeing it kind of 
change that. And I'm like, wow, I really am. But um, my, my just hope is that, and I, I see a lot of girls that reach out to me and they ask about my role and how I got there. And they ask me my thoughts about being, you know, one of the only. And I just do hope that as, as times are changing, that that changes. You start to see more women. You start seeing more women of color. You might start seeing more black women, women, more African-American women. So I, my hope is that that begins to change and there's more representation across the league and honestly across all sports. Yeah, totally agree. And one thing like it's just such an odd time um, and it's good. Like I like I'm really glad the country is finally really coming or at least hopefully coming to grips with a lot of these conversations. And, um, you know, it's it's a crazy time with with everything that's happening. And, um, you know, I I don't really know. I'm kind of stumbling over myself because I'm not super prepared for have to have a super important conversation about about race relations on this podcast because we usually talk about football. But um, yeah, I mean, th thank you so much for coming on. Um, we're going to keep this short because I don't want to take up too much of your time. But uh, do you have a do you have a prediction that you're willing to give for Sunday uh, 49ers and Jets? What's so tough is I always ask everyone else for a prediction. No one ever mm -hmm. asks me for a prediction. So I'm you do. That's prepared. true. I've given you lots of terrible predictions on the practice field over the years. <laughs> I actually enjoy our prediction conversation. So oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. my prediction is that Nick Bosa gets home at least twice. Two sacks. All right. So you think the 49ers are going to win? I take it. Every week, I believe the 49ers are going to win. You got to understand, <laughs> I'm on the team side here. So I'm always... Uh, under the belief that this team can uh, can bring out a W. Yeah, I I told Kyle before uh, before he got bounced by technology. We have a lot of technical technol technological issues and speaking issues apparently on this pod. But um, yeah, I was telling Kyle like I think from an offensive standpoint, it's gonna be. It, I think it's gonna look a lot like the Cincinnati game last year, week two, after like the offense struggled in Tampa Bay, your favorite stadium for some reason. I, I think that's crazy that you like that stadium. By Which, the way. Hold but, on, let's put a pin in that really quick. Usually okay. you don't ask the host a question, but what would be your favorite city? What's your favorite stadium? My favorite stadium? So atmosphere. I mean, Niner fans aren't gonna be thrilled with me for just saying that the Seahawks atmosphere is really good um the press box shakes i mean come on like the press box shakes i've only experienced a press box shaking at levi's stadium once and that was the nfc title game um but the press box shakes in uh in seattle it's always cool i always love going to seattle and then walking from the hotel to the stadium at game day um lambo's way up there for me too like just you know all the history at lambo and being able to go check out the museum that they have there is really cool I haven't been to Lambeau yet. Oh, yeah. You, My counterpart well, well, at the time went and I stayed back. Oh, yeah. Joe Fan, also a podcast guest. But we won't we won't say his name. Um, <laughs> let's see. Favorite cities, though. Like, I'm with you on New Orleans. Not a Bourbon Street person. Although it is funny. Like, we last year we did meander down bourbon street just sort of like peep the scene and then it was like nah we we should leave leave yeah um a lot of good music comes out of the bars there yeah but uh, there there are a lot of people you don't really want to spend too much time around um favorites i like i'm a i'm a big new york guy like i have i have my father's from brooklyn 
Um, so I have family in the East Coast, so New York's always way up there for me. Chicago too. I just named like six cities, but um, I, I enjoy traveling. I'm bummed out that we don't get to all travel and hang out and go to dinner and all that stuff. But uh, but maybe next time. And I owe you one now that you came on the podcast and listened to me blabber. So I appreciate that. We'll just have you on our podcast next week. Oh, sweet. A, a, an actual invite? <laughs> you guys heard it here, right here. An on-the-record invite. All right, I can't wait. Kiana, thank you so much for hanging out. And um, hopefully I'll see you soon. And uh, stay safe, be healthy, and um, enjoy the game on Sunday. Likewise, thanks for having me, you guys. And uh, if I don't see you, I'll see you on Zoom. Sounds good. <laughs> For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.